Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production, available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. There are things in life that are okay to cheap out on, but your car battery is not one of them. And that's because you never know what a cheap battery could cost you. Like, uh, say, Paul's going to see the Holy Triumphant Russian concert or reunion show. It's impossible right now. But that's certainly something you wouldn't want to miss because your car won't start. That's why you need Interstate Batteries, America's number one replacement battery. And the brand Autotechs prefer three times more than any other brand. Get a battery test today. Find your closest dealer at interstatebatteries.com. That's interstatebatteries.com outrageously dependable. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is Dan Patrick. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Gang's all here, ready to go. Troy Aikman, NFL on Fox analyst, Hall of Fame quarterback. We'll stop by in about 15 minutes. How about them Cowboys? We'll also talk to the star quarterback of Navy, Malcolm Perry. Had an unbelievable performance on Saturday in the Army-Navy game. We'll recap everything that happened over the weekend. And as we always do on Monday, best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Have a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that coming up. Sometimes I wonder how people viewed NFL officials before television. I assume they couldn't see replays. So even if there was a bad call, they weren't really sure. Now, second-guessing calls is part of every game. And Sunday was no exception. But this time, it was during the opening coin toss. I go back to Jerome Bettis with a coin toss. That's the last time I remember where, upon further review, for a coin toss. So the officials thought that Dak Prescott said he wanted to kick off, which is different than deferring, and then the Cowboys would have to kick off in the first half and then in the second half. But apparently Dak Prescott did say the word defer. So the NFL steps in at halftime and ruled that Dallas would actually get the ball to start the third quarter. It turned out to be meaningless. Should the NFL home office have stepped in on this? The Cowboys blew out the Rams, but it was emblematic of a tough season for officials. I get human error. The fear is the NFL will overcomplicate a game, make it harder to avoid mistakes. you got fantasy football. You're going to have gambling nationwide soon. When there's a bad call and the game hasn't even started, you know the league better take a long, long look at officiating in the offseason. Here is Dak Prescott on his mistake with the coin toss. Definitely a weird start. Uh, We wanted to set adversity there instead of on the field uh, so we could play from behind immediately. But just bad use of words by me. Um, Able to listen to the audio. We got it figured out. Um, But, yeah, just wasn't the best, wasn't the cleanest coin flip I've been a part of. Okay. I don't know if he has something that comes close to that. But also, why not? You won the coin toss. What are you going to do? We will kick off. That means you get the ball. You don't have to defer. Why is defer even in this? I mean, doesn't that feel like a lawyer put in, you know, (laughs) you've got to put in defer. How about we will kick off, we will receive. Okay, you're kicking off, you're receiving. That means in the second half, you're going to be kicking off and you're going to be receiving. Okay, then if you want to pick sides of the field, I understand that. But defer? 
Who came up with defer in the per, in the first place here? It's either take it or kick it. Now we're deferring. And I don't know who put that language in there to begin. Can we do a deep dive on deferring? When did defer part become part of the coin talk? I can't imagine when the founding fathers were doing this <laughs> that, you know, you had Papa Bear Hallis out there going, and we're going to defer. We've collectively chosen to defer. Lombardi out there. Make sure you defer, guys. All right, eight seven seven three DP show email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dp show. By the way, my cowboys are back. Who wants a piece of those cowboys? Now they're my cowboys. I told you they were going to be good this year. Oh man! And for the Rams, uh, some nice parting gifts. It's over for them. Colts at the Saints coming up tonight. The uh, Patriots, Bills, Ravens, Chiefs, Packers, Saints, Seahawks, and Niners. All clinched berths. Although the Niners, I don't think, feel very good about how they clinched because uh, they lost in dramatic fashion to the Falcons. I told you the Falcons were going to be good this year. They've beaten the Saints and the 49ers. Doesn't it feel like if, if we were in the college structure, you would look at them as one of those teams? Let's say it was March Madness and you were looking at how well the Niners or the uh, Falcons had played. You go, you know, they're on the bubble, but I'm going to put them in. They got a losing record. Yeah, but they're starting to play well. And Julio Jones is just a subtle reminder of Julio Jones can be spectacular. And even when I'm watching the play in real time, and I I just want to know where Julio Jones is. That's it. I just want to know where is Julio Jones and who is covering him. And the fact that they give him a free release, I go, like, what are you doing? I don't even know if he's going to get the ball score touchdown. He's not going to the back of the end zone. I know where he's going. At, at least I have an idea. And nobody hits him off the line of scrimmage. I go, okay. Once again, I'm sure Kyle Shanahan, former Falcons offensive coordinator, well-versed in Julio Jones. I go, you got to be kidding me. And he, they gave him the touchdown. That was even more incredible that they said it was no touchdown. Upon further review, they said it was a touchdown. So there were a lot of moments yesterday as uh, we've come to expect, where you go, I didn't expect that. Seattle continues to win on the East Coast. You know, they're probably going to win the division, have home field advantage, but this is a team that can travel, and they did it again yesterday. Granted, it's Carolina, but they did win. Uh, the Saints, the big game uh, coming up tonight against the Colts. Aaron Rodgers is saying something that, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I don't say this, because Aaron Rodgers is – Feels like they're not getting respect. Here's Rodgers after the win as they squeak by the Bears. I don't know that we have the full respect of the entire league at this point based on some of our performances, you know, where we got beat by a couple scores and kind of the reaction, I would assume, to those situations. But we're 7-1 and one at home. You know, we have an inside track at the two seed. Obviously, we have uh, an opportunity to wrap up the division next week, which guarantees a home game and probably in the third seed uh, at, at worst. I like our chances. I like our football team. Yeah, you should. But but you don't have to clamor for respect. If anything, you have benefited from being under the radar. Nobody's talking about the Packers. Okay. Let them talk about you when you get to the postseason. You don't get any consolation prizes if they talk about you and, hey, we're going to respect the, the Packers. Okay, maybe the league lost some respect for you when you got manhandled by the Niners. Okay, you've regrouped. But be under the radar. You know, nobody is talking about Green Bay. I think that's a great thing. 
Everybody's talking about San Francisco. And look what happened to them. Everybody's talking about the Saints. Everybody's talking about Seattle. Everybody's talking about Baltimore. Man, I want to be, like the Chiefs are peaking at the right time. Nobody's talking about them. They're, they're just kind of easing in because everybody's in love with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. We're, we're talking about the Patriots because we're, well, they're the Patriots, and we're not quite sure what we're going to do. Kansas City just quietly doing what they need to do. They're going to win their division or have home field advantage, and, you know, they're, they're going to be a tough out. You know, Seattle's quiet, and you're going to win a division, and the Niners are going to be on the road to start the playoffs. Do you imagine if you're the Eagles or Cowboys? whoever wins that game next week, and now the Niners come to town? Wow. And my Buffalo Bills, I told you Buffalo was going to win 10 games. You did? Yes, I did. On record is saying they'd win 10. I didn't think they were going to win last night, but they will be a tough out in the postseason because they play great defense. You know, I'm not sold on Josh Allen, but he makes enough plays, and that's what you want with a defense like that. Running game. They got a, you know, very good secondary, but you know it, it's an interesting team there. And they go into Pittsburgh, and I thought Pittsburgh was going to be fired up. They were going to, you know, do everything you want Pittsburgh to do: put pressure on this young quarterback, run the football, have uh, Duck Devlin have a couple of passes there. But he had a horrible, horrible night. This program brought to you by True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want. So when you're ready to discover, buy, or sell your next car, visit True Car. We're actually a Danette down. McLovin had car trouble, and he's minutes away. Minutes, moments away. I know you're waiting for McLovin to come in, and we can't do a poll question until McLovin comes in. I think contractually we're not allowed to. Yes, Todd? How about this Tredavious White, number 27 on the Bills? What a study. Picks one off, he gets injured, comes right back in, and picks off another one. Guy's been huge all season for these guys. Taking the role of McLovin there? A little bit. Yeah. Uh, he's probably considered the second best defensive back in football. And Collinsworth was uh, just in love with him. Last yes, time. because you got Stephon Gilmore. Uh, you know, one, another thing, when I'm watching the uh, Bengals, I, I don't know if Andy Dalton watches a lot of film on the Patriots. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know that. You would think he would. Because I'd stay away from Stephon Gilmore. I mean, that's just me. I would I would go, where's Stephon Gilmore? I'm going to the other side. Maybe it was reverse, you know, psychology. Hmm, he doesn't think I'm going to throw it his way. We're going to throw it his way. Not a good idea. But the Patriots offense is still a big issue. Because if you look at how the, the Patriots scored, you get a muff punt. You know, the Bengals being the Bengals. But you know what? As, as you're getting close to halftime, it's 10 to 10. And then they muffle punt, get a field goal, you got a pick six. It was really the defense that uh, was the star here. Here's Tom Brady after the Patriots win against the Bengals. Frustrating day for the passing game still? Um, in what sense? Of the completion percentage wasn't probably where you wanted the uh, the Yeah, yeah, but we won, so after we won, I wish we'd always do better. There's always things to improve on you when you win, but uh, yeah. Okay. All right, move on to another topic there. But I'm, I'm, maybe they did need to spy on the Bengals. In what sense? Yeah. <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> well, that was, <laughs> dude had something though. Like good for him. But but, but that was yeah, because you got to reload there with Brady. You sure do. But 
That wasn't the worst moment, though. Here's uh, Mike Vrabel of my Titans uh, with a uh, back and forth with the reporter. Touching that ball. Come on. There's a lot of plays in that game, and whether the ball's on the 20, I mean, I'm fitting that you would ask that question, Paul, that of all those plays in that game, walking in here with stretch, I said one idiot is going to ask me that question. Like, okay, whether it's on the 20-yard line or the 11-yard line. Like, let's go back and talk about the game, Paul. Wow. Uh, that's where you had a uh, – Punt return where it was fielded, should have gone into the, allowed it to go into the end zone. He got the ball at the 20 yard line. There wasn't much time left there. But uh, Mike Vrabel, a little frosty there with the reporter. Yeah, Paul. I don't want to assume too much, but uh, knowing uh, Tennessee media, that could be our good friend Paul Kaharski. <laughs> That's who I'm thinking. Longtime radio host, good friend of the show. Great guy. We love him. I know. But I, being called an idiot, it's not Paul's first time, and he'll, he'll admit that. But he's a great reporter. Oh, is he a serial idiot? I know, I don't know that, but I, I th- he's not afraid to challenge people. Yeah, Paul's been doing this a long time. Although the first question out of the gate, <laughs> that's you know that's not why Tennessee lost this game. You know that you had somebody back there to return a kick and shouldn't let the ball go into the end zone. You would have got the ball at the twenty yard line instead of what the eleven yard line. But uh, yeah, that's one of those where you go. Uh, I think he just called me an idiot. First question, though, that's always the dicey one because usually you'll get one where you go, you know, Coach, uh, what did you think of the team's overall performance? Like you want to ease in, and then you want to you want to micromanage, you know, like four questions in, then you get a little more specific there. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was that was tough, tough way to uh, start the press conference there. Uh, what poll question are we thinking about now that uh, McLovin is not here? I'm going to let him present him later because he gets very salty if I take – he's got about eight of them. But I have one that I was thinking about kind of for my worst of the weekend. What would be the worst thing to happen based off these two fan bases? The Cowboys go on a pretty good run and do well in the playoffs and hence bring back their head coach, Jason Garrett. Mm. The resurgent Buccaneers, who won four in a row, I think, and Jameis Winston's got back-to-back 450-yard, four-touchdown games – he saves his job, and they bring back Jameis Winston. I don't think either fan base wants those two men back. I get the feeling that the Cowboys fan base would prefer to move on from Jason Garrett. Tampa, I think Tampa's going to bring back Jameis Winston. Uh-huh. I do. A lot of picks. I do. I, I just And you know he's, he's my favorite quarterback to watch. I find him absolutely fascinating. Tampa roughs up the Lions. He leads the league in interceptions as well as passing yards. He's, he's going to throw for 5,000 yards this year. But Tampa has won their way into a worse draft, you know, worse scenario. They're 7-7. Seven and seven, So they're not going to get a top-10 pick. Like, Tampa could end up 9-7 and seven here. And who would have thought? Not that that's going to mean anything here, but this is not the year you wanted them to be winning seven, eight, or nine games because you have a few quarterbacks in the draft that you might be interested in. I get the feeling you may bring him back for one year and, and, and figure out if he's figured it out. He still forces the ball. He doesn't take care of the ball. He can be great, but, man, can he be bad. Yeah, Paul. Jameis Winston is on pace for more interceptions this year than Aaron Rodgers has had over the course of the past six seasons. <laughs> six seasons combined. Oh, 27 picks this year. 
Uh, and we were going to hand out Coach of the Year honors to Mike Tomlin, I think, before last night. I think Sean McDermott, the Buffalo head coach, probably went a little bit higher on that list. John Harbaugh certainly deserves to be mentioned in there. Kyle Shanahan with the Niners, but then they lost yesterday. So, you know, there's still a little bit of drama, you know, left to play out here. Uh, Eli, by the way, with the win, and everybody's going, no more. Don't play anymore. End up 500. I don't know if he can do it. If you're the Giants, do you just do this for Eli? You make a decision that's best for Eli, and that is, hey, let's just bow out with a 500 record. We're good here. Would you rather have Eli Manning's career or Dan Marino's career? Too hot. Too hot. Too <laughs> On a Monday at 9 to 15? I, 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 I'm sorry. You I, let us ease in. You're like the guy who asked Brable the question. <laughs> ease in. Eli Manning's career, Dan Marino. Yes, Todd. I'm going Dan Marino. As cool as having the rings, he's still in the Hall of Fame. Right. And when you think the best quarterback's Marino. What if Eli just... ends up in the Hall of Fame? Look, I guess that's a push. But ultimately, when you're thinking of the best quarterbacks, I'd rather be thought of as one of the greatest of all time than to just be able to show off those the two pieces of jewelry. Okay. As far as all right. Right. I know you want to be introduced as Hall of Famer and two-time Super Bowl MVP. That's huge. But Marino is just the one for me. Yes, Paul. I, I got to go with Eli because I think he is going to slide into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And he has two rings that he's directly responsible for. He's MVP in both games. He, Eli Manning won't be sitting around the rest of his career regretting anything. He's got two rings that he was responsible for. And Dan Marino, I think, if deep down, would trade. A lot of those stats and a lot of that reputation for two rings, I, I guarantee it. Seton O'Connor, Dan Marino fan club member, Eli Manning or Dan Marino? Well... I mean, Dan Marino never got benched for Geno Smith, so. <laughs> I, che- I checked. That's true. He was never benched for Geno Smith. You know what? I think that while Eli has those two rings, I think that there's probably a lot more that goes with that, you know, year after year of you're never as good as your older brother. Mm. You're uh, overrated as a quarterback, except for, the, you know, you, you for, don't forget that the year that they won that first Super Bowl, Tom Coughlin, halfway through the season, was playing for his job or, you know, coaching for his job. He was on the hot seat. Eli has always been considered an overrated quarterback. And, like, why is he the guy here? Um, there's probably a lot of frustration that it's just sort of capped off with two Super Bowl wins. I'd like, so he made everything better, but I don't know if that's necessarily the case. So I'm going to take Dan Marino. And the thing with Eli is whenever anybody talks about Eli, they'll go, yeah, but, he, but he's got those two rings. Right. Like it's, but he's got those two rings. Nothing about there's no regular season game you remember, uh, maybe a couple of postseason games, and then the two Super Bowls. That, that's it. But he's got those two rings. All right, Troy Aikman, he's got three rings. Troy will join. Does Troy now want to run the Cowboys organization? Remember Troy went on record last week saying, you know, I'd like to run a front office here. Uh, probably not the Cowboys. Does he have to fill out a resume? Do you think he's going to, like, Kinko's and, and putting, putting together? McLovin is here. You've made it. Your shirt's untucked. We're glad you're here. Well, I heard the whole first segment. I resent several things going on. Well, then hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you resent when we come back from commercial break. Troy Aikman will join us. Also, Best and worst of the weekend, your opportunity to weigh in, 877-3DP-SHOW. It's a 20 after the hour. Troy Aikman next on the Dan Patrick Show. Okay, this is just a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please, please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. 
The company that has been offering you great rates and great service for 75 years, it's Geico. I've been using them for a long time myself. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. No recordings. The company, Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, but I've been a fan and a customer of Geico for a long time. And in five, four, three, two, one, I'm out. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. We'll talk to Troy Aikman here in a moment. Malcolm Perry, the Navy quarterback, will join us coming up next hour. Full disclosure, I voted Joe Burrow, then Chase Young, and third on my ballot, Malcolm Perry, the Navy quarterback. I got a chance to watch him pretty much the entire season. The fact that they pulled him out of the stands last year, two years ago, he was a a wide receiver. They made him a quarterback. He went all in on being a quarterback this year. And he had over 300 yards against Army in that game. Army had no answer for him. So uh, Malcolm Perry, so full disclosure, I'm allowed to talk about who I voted for in the Heisman balloting. By the way, almost 5% of the ballots did not have Joe Burrow on their ballot. Now, I can look at this and go, what are you thinking or what's your explanation? And I do think that it probably came down to this. If you're a local writer, you're probably saying, Joe Burrow's going to win. He'll win in the biggest landslide ever for a Heisman Trophy winner. How about I give some love to this player? And I understand that. You know, I did it with Malcolm Perry. I love the story. I love the military. I love these academies. I love what they mean. It's it's appointment viewing every year. I, I get emotional when I watch it. And to see what they do, how they do it, given everything that goes on in their lives, And I put him in there as, you know, third place. So I do understand that. By the way, Troy Aikman finished third in the Heisman. I think that was Barry Sanders' uh, year. Troy joins us on the program. That's a tough one, Troy. You know, Barry Sanders is the Heisman winner. (laughs) I was the Malcolm Perry in 1988. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't weren't that mobile. Yeah, no, I was not. And I'll tell you, when I got there to New York, uh, Barry Sanders could not be there for the actual presentation. He had a game in Japan. Oklahoma State was playing in Japan. And and I asked him before, the day before, I said, so nobody knows other than whoever counted the votes who won the Heisman. Huh? And they said, no, nobody knows. I said, oh, that's interesting. And I walked in, and it, Barry Sanders' entire family was <laughs> occupying the auditorium. And I wasn't asked to even bring my mom and dad. So I said, I think we know who won this one. <laughs> Did you? Not that it was a big surprise anyway. Yeah, I, and I tell people, one of my favorite quotes was when uh, Barry Switzer was talking about facing Barry yeah. Sanders, and he said, he told his defense, do not hurt Thurman Thomas, who was starting <laughs> over Barry because they were worried Barry was going to come in as the backup, and Barry Switzer was, was really concerned about Barry Sanders. He was totally right. I mean, and, uh, <laughs> hey, an interesting story, Dan, was uh, – I was at the Kodak All-America team before my senior year in Miami, and this guy comes up to me and a buddy who are sitting there having lunch, and he says, hey, do you mind if I sit down and have lunch with you? I said, not at all. And he says, I, I'm not even sure really why I'm here. I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, I'm just a kick returner. I said, well, you, you, you must be 
a pretty good one because they asked you to come be a part of this, you know, preseason All-America team. It was Barry Sanders, and he went on and, of course, won the Heisman Trophy, had, had no uh, campaign behind him. It was pretty remarkable, and I can tell you, we, I saw him in Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. He's the same guy today yeah. as he was the first time I ever met him before he had ever even done anything at Oklahoma State. He's the most unaffected superstar I've ever been around. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I always bring that up about Barry Sanders, and the other person I bring it up about is Dale Murphy, the former Atlanta Brave uh, star. These were two quiet, humble superstars, and you would never know it. If, they, if you didn't know who they were, you wouldn't know what they did for a living, and they, yeah. wouldn't, they wouldn't tell you. But if you watched Barry, it, you know, he didn't need to say anything. He certainly said a whole lot by just the way he ran. And the fact that he didn't even – I don't know if he knew how great he was because I would say, boy, look at what you did to that defensive back. He goes, yeah, I, I should feel bad yeah. about that, right? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, he didn't – certainly didn't want to talk about it and we we played him on monday night football one year i think in 1993 or something and and he ran he traversed the field a couple times he wound up we couldn't tackle him he finally went out of bounds and and gained about two yards and i was standing there on the sidelines next to jason garrett and i said to him i said that might be the greatest run i've ever seen in my life (laughs) (laughs) and it's for two yards it's for two yards yeah uh you had the game with the cowboys and rams we'll get the cowboys in a moment the reason why the Rams are not going to the playoffs is because what? Well, they just got, first of all, I think that the, the, the struggles that they had in the offensive line uh, obviously had, had some things to do to derail their season and some of the issues they had on the offensive side of the ball. I think they came on just a little bit too late. But the other part of it, we had them back early in the season on a Thursday night at Seattle, and they had a chance, you know, as a, as a Zerline missed field goal that would have won the game and and had they have won that game the season looks entirely differently mm-hmm. uh, you know other than the fact they went into yesterday's game against the Cowboys but I will say this that uh, it, it's been a, a disappointing season of course for them when you go to the Super Bowl and then it most likely they're not going to make the postseason I, I still think they're a really talented team and I think they're an extremely well coached team I, I, I've been around Sean McVay and He's as good an offensive mind as 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 I've ever been around, and uh, I, I don't worry about them. I don't I don't worry about Jared Goff either. I, I believe they'll be right back in the thick of things uh, next year. Yeah, but my concern is here's Sean McVay having this realization epiphany where he goes, you know what? I don't know what I was thinking. I should have been running Todd Gurley more. Yeah, it feels I, like I, I, th- this was load management. It felt like Troy I, NFL style. I agree. I totally agree. And and I don't know that, but I totally agree with you. I, I think that they have a lot invested in Todd Gurley. They're on the books for him at least until 2021 with the new contract. I think they're trying to manage him. He's still you know capable of, of being a really good player, and he, and he has shown that. But I believe last year, based on what happened and, and how he wore down and, and trying to deal with the knee and manage that as best they can, I, I think he had the right approach. And I think Sean – one of the things that they really like about him, they being the players, is that you know he doesn't come out publicly and, and, and always say the things that probably should be said with regards to players or who played well, who didn't play well. Sometimes I think players need some of that. But uh, I think he ha- when he says, hey, I was an idiot, and that's why Gurley didn't get more, more touches, he knows exactly what he's doing with his personnel. And there's, there's a reason behind everything Sean McVay does. Troy Aikman, the Hall of Famer. He'll be on the call with Joe Buck. Dallas and Philadelphia next Sunday for the NFC East title. 
All right, explain to me where this Cowboys team has been all season long, the one we saw yesterday. Well, it's a, it's been a hard they, – they, they've been a, an enigma. I mean, it's just been hard to figure this team out because when you prepare, if you hadn't seen them and you're just preparing for one particular game, or if you're looking at their numbers, you'd say, wow, there's, how is this team 6-7? and seven? And it, it is difficult to figure out. You, you can't put your finger really on any one particular thing, I, I guess, with the exception of special teams. I mean, special teams has not been very good all season long, but – there's been games, New England being one, New Orleans being one, where the defense came out and played exceptionally well. And then there's been other games like Chicago where the defense has struggled, and then there's been other times when the offense has, has failed to get it done. or They put up a lot of yards, but then the missed field goals. I know the two weeks against Buffalo on Thanksgiving, Chicago, if they simply made field goals, it would be an entirely different game, at least going into the fourth quarter instead you miss a couple field goals, and then they score a touchdown. All of a sudden, you find yourself in a huge deficit, you know, in the second half, and the game plan changes to some degree. And so it's been a, it's been a head scratcher. But I, I, I said it yesterday during our broadcast, and people might laugh at this if they're critics of the Cowboys, and I certainly could understand it. But they're capable of playing like they did yesterday, and that is a good Rams team. And and I don't think there's a team in the NFC that that wants to face the Cowboys if they're playing as well as they're capable of playing. And maybe, yeah, you can say that about anybody, but there's very few teams in this league, Dan, that are really good on both sides of the ball, or at least capable of being great on both sides of the ball. And this is one of those teams. They just haven't played very well until yesterday. Yesterday was obviously their their best performance against a good football team. And, and who knows? I mean, they, they as crazy as it sounds, what I've seen of Philadelphia – the last two weeks, even though they've won, has not looked very good. I mean, it's looked really bad. They beat bad football teams late in games. It's going to determine everything uh, next week. Of course, then Philadelphia, if they win, they've got to go win in the final game of the season. But uh, if Dallas gets in, they're, they're capable, if they hit it uh, at the right time, doing some damage, and who knows where it might take them. But it feels like Jerry Jones is still looking at Jason Garrett saying, if you don't get to the NFC title game. Yeah. Do you yeah. think that, I, I, that's I, fair? Well, I, I, that was the expectation coming into this season was that uh, for some reason, I don't know, I don't, I don't think Jerry Jones ever said that Jason had to get to the NFC okay. championship game, but, but he said we should be better. So better, since they went to the divisional game last year, meant to everyone else, well, they must make it then to the NFC championship game. The way the season has gone, uh, it, it's been tough. It's been tough on Jason. Uh, I, he's obviously a friend of mine. I've known him for 30 years. Uh, is it time to have another voice in that locker room? And I think if you polled everybody, they'd probably say yes as we sit here right now, even coming off of a huge win against the Rams. But this story hasn't been written yet. And But I do think that he's he's going to have to at least get to the NFC Championship game uh, for him to keep his job. You're on record, I think, last week as saying that you'd like to maybe explore a job in the front office for a team. Uh, we were wondering, do you have a resume? <laughs> got a great resume <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it printed out like did you go to kinko's or do you just take pictures of your super bowl rings like, like i'm gonna have to see a little bit more troy yeah no i think most people would you know i mean uh i, I don't know what john lynch's resume was either but but you know i i to to say do i want to be i guess you could say and i'm reluctant to even have that discussion and i have been over the years because it, it, there's not there's probably not any former players that wouldn't say, oh, yeah, you know, I'd like to work in the front office some sometime. And, 
And yet I went into this TV route role, and, and it's been great for me as a single father for many years and, and raising my girls, and, and it afforded me an opportunity to be able to do that. And I knew that at some point, now I've got a junior and a senior in high school, and, and so the opportunity potentially could mm. be there. Uh, I'm 53 years old. I'm not, I'm not naive. You know, I, I, I laugh at your question about a resume. I, I don't. I take that very seriously because – I also understand that I haven't been working in a front office for the last 20-plus years. And so uh, there, would, there would be a learning curve, so to speak. Will the opportunity ever present itself? Probably not. And, and if it were to come up, would I actually take the job? I don't know. You know, it would depend on where it is, who it's with, and there's a lot of factors that go into that. But it is a job that I think I'd be very good at, and I think that – if if my time comes and goes and I never got the opportunity to do that, I think I'd always sit there and question uh, as to whether or not I, I could have done the job. So that's kind of where it ends. It's, it's not me being naive and saying, oh, yeah, you know, hand it over to me. Let me show you how it's done. It's nothing like that. I think it's it's it, it's 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 uh, I, I, it's not ego. It's just uh, having been in a locker room, having been on championship teams, having traveled the league for the last 20 years and broadcasting and been around some really great minds and great organizations, uh, I think it'd be interesting for me to see if it's something that I couldn't conquer. But you made some headlines saying you probably wouldn't do it with the Cowboys. Is that being fair to uh, paraphrase you, that if, if you had that no, opportunity? I, no, no, no. I, 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 what I said is that it, it's, it's, it's most unlikely that it would ever ha- – it, it's unlikely it would happen anywhere, but it's most unlikely that it would happen here in Dallas just because of the, the structure of the organization. And, of course, Jerry uh, being the owner, general manager, and, and, and his sons being involved. It's just uh, – I, I think that things are kind of in place as to – as to how that's going to be, and it's been that way for for a long, long time. So I don't think, not only myself, I don't think, I don't think Jerry, this is not a criticism. I just don't think Jerry Jones will bring anybody in that would serve in a capacity uh, such as one that I would prefer. All right, I think the media probably wanted to look at this as you uh, you taking a shot at Jerry. No, I know the Cowboys very well, and obviously, and, and the structure of it, as I said, has not changed since since I was playing. So. When I look at the Cowboys and I say, boy, is there a team that I feel that I could help? Uh, I guess the Cowboys would be the team that I feel that I could help the most because it's the team that I know the most. And, uh, and, and I know how things are done and I know how things might be able to be improved. I go back to, I think I met you, when I talked to you at Joe Buck's golf tournament, celebrity golf tournament. You, I don't even think you had done a game yet. And You're I remember, right, yeah. And we were sitting in a conference room and I was doing an interview. Yeah. And I remember saying, can you be honest? Like, that's the hard thing for players because they want to play nice. I mentioned this, I think it was two weeks ago I brought it up. You've mastered it. Like, you got to the point where I don't think you've ever been better. It feels like maybe it's that point where, as a quarterback, you kind of feel like, okay, I, I understand this. I got confidence here. But I've heard a different you this year for some reason than I have in previous years. Is there anything different? You know, it's uh, I, I've heard that from a few other people, and I haven't felt uh, I haven't felt that I've been more opinionated. I haven't felt that I've been more honest. Maybe situations have come up that have given me an opportunity to to say some things that that people then you know maybe it resonated or struck people a little bit differently. I, I don't know. I, I do know this that, and I do remember the interview, Dan. It was at Jay Bucks, uh, and yeah. it was before I'd ever done a broadcast and. My first press conference when they paired Joe Buck and Chris Collinsworth and I together, I was asked, hey, can you be critical? 
Uh, and I thought, wow, I mean, I, I don't know that that's my job to be critical. My job is to be honest. And and if criticism is what's required, then then I have the obligation to do that. But I think there's a notion amongst the media that that as an analyst, you just have to be critical, and they want to hear you bash on the coaches or the players. And, and I have great respect for those people. I know how hard this game is. But I think as I've gotten further removed from the game, I still maintain a healthy respect for all of those involved. But maybe it's social media. Maybe it's just that, you know, yeah. you kind of you get uh, uh, hardened a little bit, I guess, for lack of a better word, in, in, uh, in the criticisms of your own. I mean, I'm not if, – if, if I'm critical of, of a call or a, a, a play or something of that nature – you know, I get it just as much on the other end myself. You you know that as well. And I think maybe you just kind of say, hey, what's, you know, just be as honest as you can and, and uh, be fair. And that's how I've tried to go about doing it really throughout my career. But I've had a number of other people say the same thing as what you just asked. I kind of gave you a big uh, compliment there. I, you didn't really pay it back. So well, <laughs> maybe. I mean, it's a little, it's a little awkward. Know, I don't think you've been better at, at, ever either. I think you're at your best right now. <laughs> I'll take it, Troy. I'll take it. Hey, uh. Thanks. Appreciate your time. Tell hey, Joe we said hello. Always enjoy it, Dan. Thanks so much. That's uh, T. Roy Aikman, Hall of Famer, uh, three-time Super Bowl champ. Fox will bring you Dallas at Philadelphia next Sunday for the NFC East title. Back with our play of the day coming up next year on the Dan Patrick Show. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the support this podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and of course, supporting. And now back to the show. Five Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Oh, my God. The play of the day. Julio moves in motion. He's right behind Hooper. And here he is throwing a crossing around. Caught! But they tackle him on the goal line as he's short. I think he's down to the one yard line. There's one second left. They say he's short. They say he's short. And the 49ers have won the game. The runner possessed the ball and broke the plane. Therefore, it's a touchdown. The 49ers <laughs> They say broke the player. As you can tell, that was the Niners radio network, The Clash. Should I stay or should I go? Falcons pull off the upset final seconds of the game. Julio with 13 catches, 134 yards. He hadn't caught a touchdown pass since week three against the Colts prior to yesterday. Play of the day brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Products second to none. See for yourself just $5. The ultimate shave starter set. Basically, everything you need to get an amazing shave. After that, the restock box ships regular-sized products at regular prices. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com. Patrick. I was wondering about this. Yesterday on CBS, Boomer Esiason, the former Bengal quarterback, handed Joe Burrow a Bengals helmet on the set of NFL Today. I don't think it's tampering because Cincinnati 
They need one loss in their final two games to uh, clinch the first pick. Actually, they don't even need a loss. They, But they're going to get, the, it looks like, the uh, number one pick in the draft. So I started to think about this. If you look at the AFC North with quarterbacks here, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow. Those would be three of the four quarterbacks in there with we're not quite sure uh, who else am I of uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers there with Ben. But I, you know, is is Pittsburgh going to be doing stuff there? You know, Duck Devlin is not their future there. I don't know if Mason Rudolph is. You know, you still have Ben in there. But if you look at the AFC North, Lamar Jackson's 23, um, are going to be 23. Baker Mayfield is 25. Joe Burrow is 23. And I don't know what's going to happen with Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, but the AFC North is in some pretty good hands, it looks like, with quarterbacks. Yes, McLovin? Yeah, but you would have said the same thing about Sam Darnold, Josh Allen. Like, I, I would have that... said that about Josh Allen. Right. You might now. Maybe. I might be saying that more about Josh Allen than Sam Darnold. Who would you say more about Baker Mayfield But then I got Allen? Tom Brady, so yeah. you know what's going to happen in New England with Tom Brady? And with Miami, are they going to get to it? So we might be saying that about the uh, AFC East. Yes, McLean. But you know the name that didn't fit in there for me was Baker Mayfield. I don't know. I think with a better coach, I think with a better atmosphere, um, I'm not going to bail on Baker Mayfield yet. I just think they, you know, Odell Beckham to me wasn't the right guy to bring in with that coach. I, I just, I, I need to be with less personality here. I don't want to go New York Giants where they get rid of all their personalities. I just don't need to add something to that with a rookie coach. I get a second-year quarterback, and I know how these wide receivers are. They they become even more diva-esque. They want the ball. i got to get my touches. I have to show everybody, hey, I'm still the best receiver in the game. And most quarter, most uh, uh, quarterbacks will acquiesce to those wide receivers. And some of the veterans will just go, hey, I'll get you when I get you, and that's it. But the young quarterback will go, okay, I, I, I'm going to try to work it into you. Uh, it, it doesn't work that way. You know, I look at someone like Julio Jones. I don't know if he says anything when he gets to the huddle. I don't know if he says, i got to have my touches. Like, I, I just don't know. And for Matt Ryan to have that luxury of a great future Hall of Fame wide receiver who doesn't act that way in the huddle, Larry Fitzgerald, I don't know if Larry's ever said, hey, i got to get my touches. You know, it was kind of sad that we, we, we said goodbye to Eli at home yesterday, and you said goodbye probably to Larry Fitzgerald yesterday. I, nothing's official with either one. I don't think Eli plays next year because he wants to be a starter and he's not going to be a starter. I, I would love to see Larry Fitzgerald play another year, but that's just selfishly. I, I don't know if he wants to, but he's got a Hall of Fame career. Uh, and we said goodbye to the Oakland Coliseum, thankfully, finally. And the fans, in a uh, true Raider-like fashion, said goodbye to the Raiders and the Coliseum. I get their passion. I know that you're going to look at this and go, typical Raider fans. How would you feel if you're a Raider fan? You've had that team jerked away from you a couple of times. They're always using you as, you know, relocation bait. You know, they sent you to Los Angeles. You stayed with the team. You'll stay with them for Vegas as well. And I get it. You know, I would have preferred if you're going to have the Raiders go out that you had them play the Chargers like a divisional rival instead of Jacksonville. 
not that it would have mattered, but you let Jacksonville beat you. Jacksonville quit a long time ago. But we said goodbye to the uh, Oakland Coliseum. Finally. Yes, Bob. Don't you think you guys, if you were Raiders fans, lifelong, let's say you're a 40-year-old, 45-year-old guy, it's time to choose a new franchise, right? I don't know, based on location, based on whatever reason, there's no reason to be loyal when they're in Vegas. Well, it gives you a reason to go to Vegas. Yeah. So I'm loyal to that. That's another questionable decision. Yeah, that is. That is true. <laughs> I mean, that's not going to help your life. No, it's not. Leaving a bunch of cash in Vegas and coming home after your team loses. Honey, I'm home. And I'm broke. How about them Raiders? You're committed to excellence. Committed to mediocrity right now. All right. Coming up, Malcolm Perry, the Navy quarterback. He will join us coming up in a little bit. A couple of surprise guests coming up in the final hour of the show. It's Colt Saints coming up tonight. Back after this. During the season of giving, we'd like to offer you a little something special, and all we're asking in return is a few moments of your time. We need you to complete a short survey because your opinion matters to us and helps support the show. It'll only take a couple of minutes, and if you're one of the first people to do it, we'll give you a reward in return. Just go to podcast1.study, and everything will be right there for you. That's podcast1.study. The first 150 people to complete the survey will get a $10 gift card to Amazon.com. All of our shows are supported by advertisers, so filling this out will really help us. So please go to podcast1.study, and as always, thank you for supporting the show and happy holidays from all of us at podcast one five hour energy helps you get through your crazy on the go life and now it comes in two great tropical flavors strawberry banana and tropical burst they're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise try them both then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com you could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.